Welcome to episode 127 of the Geeks for the Win podcast, the podcast covering all things geeky. I am your host, William, and I'm joined with my co-host, Stuart. Known across the internet as Casual Terror. And making his return, we have our very special guest, Jonas. Hey guys, hey listeners, how are you? Good to be back. Glad to have you back. It was a lot of fun last Thank time. You. Yeah, looking forward to. Thank you very much. I didn't. I didn't upset. Apparently, I didn't upset you or your listeners enough that uh, you invited me back. That's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, last time was fun. So yeah. we we were, gl- we're, gl- we're glad to have you back. Awesome. Thank you. The fact very much. that we I have listeners it. at all is you know is it, impressive <laughs> in, in in itself. I mean. So, I mean, whether they speak English or not is another issue. <laughs> that's that's inconsequential. <laughs> whether it's spam downloads, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um yeah, we got a great show. Big big list of sh- show topic notes to go over. Um as our guest Jonas, I guess you get to go first. Oh wow. Okay. Uh jeez. Put me on the spot there. Okay. So well, let me, if I, if I don't go in order of, um, how I put it on our show notes, forgive me, but. Oh, that's cool. I guess, um, the most recent thing that's happened is, um, last night, there was a very, very good episode of Supernatural on the CW. It starred once again, Felicia Day. And she was cosplaying, LARPing, whatever you want to call it. So in my opinion, you've got Supernatural, you've got Felicia Day, you have cosplay. It was the greatest geek crossover ever. I, I was watching Arrow, which is on right before that. I was watching it on DVR. So I'm like, ooh, I want to watch that episode of Supernatural. But I only got the first five minutes of it. Okay. Well, I won't send any direct spoilers since obviously it was new. This show will be relatively new. But even from just the trailers for those folks that have seen the commercials from the CW – she is returning as the same character that she guest starred in uh, earlier this season. Uh, she's fantastic. There is uh, was an interview that she did on her own website, Geek and Sundry, that was about an hour long. I have not watched all of it, but I've heard it's fantastic. Uh, I believe she was live blogging last night during the episode. Um, the episode was great, just in itself, uh, but it did combine... Felicia Day and the two protagonists, uh, Sam and Dean, going to a live-action role-play renaissance event. And then, of course, monsters and all kind of good stuff and geekiness ensued. But it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was one of the best geek crossovers ever. Uh, and it was fantastic. So if, if you haven't seen it or if it's on your D- DVR, I highly recommend you watch it because, I mean, come on, it's Felicia Day. Right. Uh, s- since um, I haven't seen, seen this, I can only imagine what the things Dean was saying as he was wa- walking through that, that Ren Faire. It, um, you know, the character of Dean actually dug it a little bit more than Sam's character. Um, I, 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 that's the opposite of what I would have thought. I know. Uh, me too. But actually the um, – Interaction between Felicia's day character, Felicia Day's character Charlie, and uh, Jensen Ackles' character Dean was actually quite good. It played off each other very well, and Felicia Day actually uh, tweeted that uh, or talked about in an interview with a uh, TV Guide that it was one of the most fun she's had doing on-screen work. That their chemistry during that during part of that was really really good, and it was. It translated to the screen well. 
It was fun, but it still had some of those thematic elements and supernatural that does keep you on the edge of your seat. Because, let's be honest, it's a horror drama, but there's bits of comedy thrown in. Well, this was one of their more comedic episodes, and it hit a home run in my estimation. Alrighty. So, keeping up with the TV show theme, I guess. Recently, I don't know about you guys, I watch a lot of sci-fi. Uh, actually shows on the sci-fi network. You mean Siffy? But on, I, I do mean Siffy. Yes, as a matter of fact, <laughs> they had their special, what was it, their 20th anniversary show? 20th or 25th anniversary show not too long ago, and it was actually very, very good. But, that being said, Canada is now climbing on my geeky shows to watch scale. They're producing really cool stuff that is coming to the U.S., most notably on the Sci-Fi Network. There are three shows in particular that I'm thinking of. One is called Lost Girl. It is in its third season. It is about a succubus called Bo, played by the actress Anna Silk. And there are there. this is all about the fact Okay, you've got good Faye and you've got dark Faye. Well, she is unaligned, so she can skate both sides. And the um, the rest of the cast is very good. A gentleman by the name of Chris Holden Reed, that most people might know from the Tudors, is on there. Plays Dyson, a wolf Faye. Cassinia Solo plays Kenzie, which is Bo's human friend. And I'll be quite honest, there's a lot of sex. It's very sexy. But the show is written and was created by a woman. So the way that Anna Silk portrays this, it's not like, okay, here's a woman out there. She's being a hoe. Look at all these people she's sleeping with. It's exactly the opposite. She's actually embracing her sexuality quite a bit and is running with it saying, look, I'm the boss of this. This is how I want to be. I am succubus, so sex surrounds me. The show is done very, very well. And it actually plays to both men and women. Let's let's be honest, there's eye candy for both. But on the geeky side of it, it's really intelligent. It's very cool. And the storylines keep you enthralled. And sci-fi actually combined season one and two together last year and ran them back to back. And now we're actually seeing the shows here in the U.S. about a week behind them airing in Canada. So it is very quickly going on have you guys caught this show at all i have not I have seen an episode and i had no idea what was going on because it was like in the middle of i don't know what what season but i do know faces it can be somewhat serialistic if you do try to jump in the middle you might be a little lost i will admit that but um boy it's it's captivating and i'll be honest it's pretty it's a pretty show to look at. I mean, and it's, but it, it keeps. That's what made me stop when I was flipping through. I was like, ooh, pretty, pretty woman, pretty That's woman. Right. That's right. Everybody on the show is pretty. Uh, but it's, it's got good stories and it's really good. Another show, Haven, which is filmed in Canada as well, even though in the show they say that it's in, um, Maine because, uh, it is a story based on a Stephen King short story or it's based on a Stephen King short story. But they're in their third season. They've been picked up for a fourth season. And it is basically about these troubles, is what they call them. Supernatural events happening in this small town of Haven, Maine. And an ex-FBI agent who you find out relives sections of her life over again after 27-year lifespans. She comes out, 
and then is gone for 27 years. And then she comes back, helps all these people with the troubles, and then she disappears for 27 more years. And the storyline's around that, and now she's trying not to leave. She's trying to stay. She's found out about herself, and she's trying to not let this happen. It's a very, very good show. Uh, again, another input from Canada. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Have you heard about this one as well? I've seen trailers, and it seems interesting. That's you know, the only thing when I see Haven, I see that that wind thing. The, the wind uh, vane that they show on Yes, that. the wind vane. Yeah. Emily Rose plays Audrey Parker. She's the main protagonist. Uh, Lucas Bryant plays the local sheriff. Uh, he inherited it from his father. Uh, his trouble is that he cannot feel anything. Lucas Bryant can't physically feel anything. No pain. Yet, Emily Rose's character, who plays Audrey, she is impervious to all the troubles. And coincidentally, when she touches Nathan, he could feel her. Uh, Eric Balfour, who has been in many, many shows, plays Duke Crocker. Um, he's kind of the troublemaker in town, but does tend to be their friend when he, when they need him. So, I mean, it surrounds these two law enforcement people as they're trying to stop crime, and they find out that almost all the crime in the town is committed by people with these troubles. And since she's supernatural in herself, she has, is impervious and is trying to help these people. Um, you know, she's trying to find out about her own past and to help these people with these troubles. It's, um, it's a really good show. The storylines are really good. It was started from a Stephen King short story and it's, uh, it just ended its third season on sci-fi and now it's, um, it's going to be picked up for a season four. So again, highly recommend that one. And the last one I wanted to talk about is only in its second episode and it is another, um, another show from Canada. It's called Continuum. But it's basically Time Cop. Uh, that's, that's in a nutshell, that's me. what it is. It is, um, it's a, a law enforcement official played by Rachel Nichols. Her character's name is Kira and she comes from the year 2077. And in the pilot episode, special effects were fantastic. It looks like they spared no expense. She wears this biometric kind of interactive uniform that when she's standing on a train, she turns around and all of a sudden it starts lighting up and says police on it. It's, um, think Peter Parker wearing, um, Peter Parker wearing the, uh, the costume, uh, when he first found out before it was Venom. You know, it could kind of change into anything. This kind of changes into whatever she needs. And she, it's got computer access. It's very, very cool. Well, she traces, finds a whole bunch of ruthless criminals who, what happens? You guessed it. They find their way back to 2012. And she follows them and takes some of her technology with her and then gets assisted by a kid who can hear her communication. And it turns out that kid is the one that developed the communication in the future. So it's time traveling. She is a cop, but the first two episodes have been very, very good. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty captivating so far. And, um, it looks like it's got promise. And again, it's another, it's another import from Canada. One of the things I've noticed with these is they have a lot more liberties on Canadian TV, I guess, because you see a little bit more skin, you hear a little bit more cursing. And you know what? Considering the, considering the hour that it comes on on sci-fi, they edit very little. So you're getting pretty much the raw show as it normally is. Have you guys heard about this at all? Again, it's brand new. Not at all. No. This, the, that one was new to me. 
It, yeah, it's uh, it's been advertised for a while. It's been advertised almost simultaneously as the new show that's coming in April, Defiance. Which have you guys heard about that? I have heard about that one because that yeah, one, watch the show play the video game. game. Yeah, it's a whole new thing they're doing where events that transpire on the show will transfer into the game, and you can actually play the game as it's actually happening on the TV show. But anyway, they've been playing commercials for Continuum pretty much simultaneously with Defiance. And there's only been two episodes um, of Continuum on sci-fi so far, but I tell you, I'm hooked. So you know what? Canada is producing some nice geeky stuff, and it's coming here, and good on them. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely have heard of The Lost Girl, and I've had that on my instant queue for a while because it's on Netflix Instant Watch. So I, you know, definitely people, if you want to check that out, it is on Netflix Instant Watch. And I'll probably end up giving that a, I'll probably end up starting that later tonight. Yeah, it's worth it. It's, uh, it's really good. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, can recommend uh, another Canadian TV show, um, that, uh, I've, it's on Netflix as well. I've talked about it in the past. It's called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Oh yeah, it's it's a pretty good show. And uh, so uh, you've heard of it, Jonas? I have indeed. Have you seen any episodes from it? I have not seen any episodes, but yes, I have heard about that, and I've been told I need to watch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It kind of remind it it kind of reminds me of a like kind of goofier. Uh, you know, lower budget, but not in a bad way version of like, uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer. Um, but it has a, it has like a metal, like heavy metal, uh, theme to it as well. It's, it's pretty good. I'd highly recommend that. It's also on Netflix, but yeah, Canada, surprisingly, they've been putting out some, some good stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, as you know, obviously there's a lot of good submissions from, BBC, which we've talked about before, but, you know, uh, most recently, you know, it's, uh, Canada's bringing some good stuff here to the States, and, um, you know, I'm digging it. Oh, definitely. I, honestly, I don't care where, where it comes from as long as it's good television, and just seems like there's a lot of that now. But now I've got even, uh, thanks to you, I've got some more shows to watch. I've been kind of looking for some, because, there's been a lot of shows in hiatus at the moment that I've been, you know, I've had a lot more time, so I'll definitely give those shows a, a, a watch. And if oh yeah, and I know we've mentioned before the, um, you know, I still watch network stuff, you know, the four major networks: NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox. But there are so many cable networks now that are producing good programming, and I don't necessarily mean the premium channels, but I'm talking. FX, AMC, USA. I mean, you know, there's so many um, cable channels now that are producing good programming. As a matter of fact, um, the when the Golden Globes aired a few weeks ago, everything, nothing that won was network. Everything there were, there were network, there was network stuff nominated, but everything that won was either on cable or on premium cable, like your HBO and Showtime. Nothing on network won. And I that I that. found was very shocking. You know, obviously movies were nominated, but I'm talking the stuff that was TV related 
Nothing on the networks won. Well, I mean, it was all cable and premium networks. The best shows have come from FX, AMC, USA, CW, Showtime, HBO. I mean, oh yeah, those are, are the best shows. Have to pull exactly. You know, net. I mean, there is still good programming on network. Don't get me wrong. And you see that when the Emmys come on. You know, a lot more shows from network win on the Emmys than on the Golden Globes. But you're right. The other cable networks. They don't have to pull their punches as much, so they can get away with a bit more. And let's be honest, the more that the consumer gets to see, then the more they're going to like it. Exactly. I mean, it's those and it's those channels that have really taken the risk in the last, you know, four, three, four years on a lot of shows like The Walking Dead or Sons of Anarchy or you know a lot of these other shows that are very different, you know, or very, that you wouldn't get from these network, you know, these, the major networks. And they've really, oh, yeah. they've they, really, you know, they, they've really, um, succeeded in their, their risk of these shows. Yeah. I mean, everyone loves the zombie film, but who would think that a zombie TV series in prime time would make it? And get the following that it has. I mean, that is pretty incredible. Nobody, nobody, nobody would ever thought of that. But when you do think of it, it makes so much sense. I know. And you would think it would go to a prime network like HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, but it didn't. It got, it was AMC. And again, anyone that's seen an episode, they know they don't pull many punches either. It's very bloody. It's very raw. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of emotion. And AMC gets away with it, and they have a home run. Exactly. So, I guess to sum it all up, it's a great time to be, you know, a geek slash TV fan. It is. I mean, there's just <laughs> it really is so and much I've... to watch, and it's a great time to be a DVR owner. Most importantly, <laughs> yes, Boy, that's the truth. <laughs> I would not. I, I I wouldn't make it without my DVR. I really wouldn't. And not to switch gears too much here, but I know some friends of mine that have given up cable for Netflix and Hulu Plus and just their computer. You know what? I can't do it. There's too much stuff out there. Even though I have a DVR, there's too much stuff out there which is not online, of which I do have an interest that if I do want to watch it right now, I want to watch it right now. Oh, yeah. I don't want to wait. Like Walking Dead, you know? for instance. So, that doesn't go on I, Hulu. I don't think I could, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give up my cable like some of my friends have for, for other media. You know, if they can do that, good on them. But no, not me. Yeah. I will go ahead and keep, I will go ahead and keep feeding money into my cable company because, well, I have it and I want it. <laughs> yeah. That, but I, I just, I'm just wondering when will the time be? Like, I'm the same with you. I can't. You know, I can't cut the cable, but yet I know I have friends who have, and it's just like, that's great, but I want to be able to watch some of these shows. I want to be able to watch, you know, My Sons of Anarchy or, you know, The Walking Dead or, you know, all these other shows that just don't come on, you know, Hulu and stuff like that. Maybe if Hulu makes a deal in the future and gets more content available, you know, from these carriers, maybe, maybe, but... I mean, I just, but then they, but then you could, you could almost say that then they'd be turning into another cable slash satellite company of their own and they could charge more if they're going to get more content. 
True, true. And it's almost you're just going from one medium to another. True, but the, like I, I was about to true. say, I like with The Walking Dead, I got to watch that like when it airs. Oh I yeah, because and you know spoilers, I, I, <laughs> you can't avoid spoilers. I mean, they're everywhere on Twitter if you do not watch it like the moment it, you know, airs. <laughs> I have. Yeah, well, you haven't watched really any of The Walking Dead, so I mean, you. Yes, I have. Up until recently, you really haven't watched much. So if you were watch, if you saw third season one, I I watched that when it when it when it came out. Yeah, but I'm saying like third season spoilers. You seeing that on Twitter probably means nothing. I haven't seen any third or third season spoilers. I know nothing. Well, then you're then you're blissfully ignorant, and that's good if you want to keep watching it. So. <laughs> yeah, which you need to hurry up, Stuart. Hurry up and I got two weeks. <laughs> well, that's right. It does come back pretty soon, doesn't it? Yeah. And Stuart promised to be caught up so we could do a special episode on The Walking Dead. Oh wow! So there you go. He's got. You got a little less than two weeks episode. now, Stuart. All right. Well, my last topic, and this is really switching gears. I thought about this because recently I revisited the game Fallout Three. Oh, great game. I- I played it on the PC when it came out a few years ago. That was my first mistake. Um, but despite that, I never played any of the bonus content. Okay, all the add-ons. So here recently, I find myself buying the Game of the Year edition for my Xbox 360, which has all of the bonus content. And I'm having a grand old time. But not just that, but I thought about that. I thought about... Stuff like Mass Effect. I thought about some of the more recent shooter games um, that deal with our world, not a fictional world, okay, but our world. And that brought me to my last topic, future imperfect or perfect. All the visual styles that game designers come up with, when they interpret what our future will be, do you guys think it's too creative? Do you guys think it's just way out there? Is it what we want but aren't going to get or is it a vision of that's possible for instance fallout 3 it's earth it's chicago it's you know pittsburgh it's washington dc it's las vegas but obviously you've got these people playing music from the 30s and 40s and then you've got cars that look like they're from the 50s but they've got futuristic tones to it you know it's 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 not steampunk but it's nostalgia mixed with future and you think well that's steampunk well no it's not well, uh, it wasn't the point of fallout like it you know it's a hypothetical future as if you know what would happen it is if the post-apocalyptic using, world happened in like the realistic 50s. areas but anyway that was my that was my question hmm. you know some of these game designers and the styles do you think the future is it too creative do they take too many liberties is it what we would like to have is it our you, you know our utopia vision or is it do you think, you know what, I can see that. That's right on the money. Uh, I'd like to know your thing, your thoughts. Stuart? <laughs> um, I think I like the, the out there stuff, you know, the, uh, the, the Mass Effect Omni tool kind of thing. I, I, I like that stuff because I, I want that. I want that to happen. And somebody has to th- think of it first and put it in some kind of media to get, to get somebody else to make it. So art imitates life. Right. I mean, you know, 
com- yeah. com- computers are the are the way they are now because of Star Trek. And with, yeah, a, a lot of things. Look at the iPad and our iPhones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so somebody in you know a creative media has to think of it first before the creators decide to to make it. So, I I like the you know the out there stuff. The wasteland idea. There's a lot of that out there, and it doesn't necessarily have to have to do with post-apocalypse. It's just um, whether it's greenhouse effects or whether it's um, overpopulation, you know, uh, or you know, or us, you know, something um, society collapses. That we, exactly, that is prevalent in a lot of games. Um, do you think people are trying to teach us something, or do you think that is just an artist interpretation because we see a lot of the world as a wasteland and us having to come back from a fall. Hmm. Kind of both, I think. I don't mean to get philosophical, but you know, yeah, this is some pretty deep stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Gotta think. Green matter hurt. I know. I, I, I really think because it's so prevalent, my thought is it's so prevalent that it is a warning. That a lot of people put this in their games because it's a warning. Like, look, this is what we're doing. They're not outright coming saying, play this game because, you know, you need to cut greenhouse emissions. No. Play this game because we're going to release a biological thing. Play this game because zombies are on the way. No. But I do think that the waste, the world as a wasteland or in decay and us coming back from that, I think that it is a warning. That if we don't change our ways, I think that's why we see it so much. I don't think it's necessarily, oh, I'm going to make this in a wasteland because it's cool and we can do a lot of shading and have shadows over here. No, I really think it has to do with, guys, if we don't change our mind, this could happen. I mean, it's just another form of, of media. I mean, gaming is, I mean, we've seen the same type, we've seen the same type of example in books for the last few hundred years. Very true. Pretty much. So, I mean, this is just another way to express, express, you know, another media for expression and to get that point across. So, yeah, I totally agree. But, you know, you mentioned uh, Mass Effect and, you know, the future that that could be. And what's interesting is the clothing isn't all that different. The, the, the buildings are higher, but you still got doors, you still got, you know, there's touch screen, you know, you've still got vehicles kind of fly that look like cars. So yes, it, it is a, it is a futuristic kind of utopian design, but it's not too far off from the future. Go the other route where you've got stuff like Blade Runner. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this new game that's coming out soon called Cyberpunk 2077. Oh yeah, it looks pretty now, amazing. You have yeah, listeners, if you have not watched this trailer, it, go watch it. Holy yeah. crap. It gives you very little, I'll be honest, but the visual styles that you see in this trailer, it makes me more excited for a that type game than I've been in a long time. It looks incredible. So, you know, things like that, you know, the... um the cyberpunk games, the Blade Runner, the the Mass Effect, because it's got you know neural implants and stuff like that to it, and the um, your Johnny Mnemonic, you know, movies like that. I would much rather see us in a future like that 
than a future like some of these other games go to. Uh, the, this is the scale that our intelligence can go to. You know, this, we're, we're going up this way. Look how much we're going to advance. Because let's be honest, in the last 15 years, 20 years that we've been alive, we're advancing so fast. Gaming is advancing so fast. Yeah. And I think and, as you know, we, as we, sorry, but I think as we, um, advance our technology, I think so does our imagination for what a future could be like advances as well. So it's kind of, but we only have, uh, this may sound again, not to get too philosophical. Everything has been done. We only have a finite, I really feel we only have a finite interpretation of what the future can be. And there's so many intelligent people and imaginative people out there that have put this into various medias at we're done. Everything's been done almost. So unless something crazy comes out in the next few years that just completely changes our interpretation of what reality or our future could be, we've seen it already. It's just the way that it's presented to us. Oh, I've seen that future, but you know what? That's a little bit different because they tweak this and this and this. That's kind of cool. I mean, do you feel that? I mean, I think we've seen every possible future because we only have a finite way of thinking that a future could be. Mm, I'm going deep. I'd like to think you're wrong just because it's kind of depressing if you're right. <laughs> That's fine. I want debate. Yes, I could be wrong. <laughs> I want to think that, but I do see your point of view. But, I mean... Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, you can't, you know, think of, you know, oh, this could be something... When, I don't know, I, I have it in my head. Um, words come out, please. Um, Fail. <laughs> yep. Ladies and gentlemen. It's hard to see what we haven't thought of yet. Like, you can't imagine what we haven't imagined yet. So it's kind of hard to say that, I think. Point taken. You are correct. You can't, yeah, that's good. You can't imagine what we haven't imagined yet. Yes. But there's so many... There's so many – everything that we've seen so far, I haven't seen anything new. And I don't mean like, holy crap, that's new. No. I mean, you know, that's a pretty cool idea. I haven't seen anything new in a long time. It's just a reinterpretation of everything that's already been presented to us of what our future could be. So that's why I say I think our future and our interpretation of future is finite because – I cannot, I don't have the intelligence or the media or, or the money to produce a show or, you know, to put out there on the media or to write a book or to do a graphic novel or something and say, this is my future and have people go, that's amazing. I just don't have the ability to do it. It may be in my mind, but I can't bring it out to fruition for everyone else to see. Those people that can do that, I think they've showed us everything that's out there. It's just the way they're presenting it to us, but it's the same stuff. Well, thank you very much. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm probably going to be just <laughs> laying in bed thinking about this for the whole entire night. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, open, wow. Open your philosophy books to page 324. <laughs> wow. So, well, so, guys, thank you for letting me ramble on. That was my topics for the evening. Alrighty. Boy, that's weird, didn't it? From TV to philosophy to <laughs> future imperfect. Yeah. Oh, good luck, Stuart. Your turn. <laughs> good luck following that. I'm Yay. in. <laughs> first topic. What topic do you have, Stuart? Um. Oh, I watched a movie the other day. 
I finally saw Superman vs. the Elite. Oh, I'm sorry. See, I, you don't like it. I thought it was alright. Really? It wasn't bad. It was kind of corny, but I don't think it was, it was as bad as you make it out to be. Well, I mean, compared to all the other DC animated stuff that have come out that we have seen, it just really fell flat for me. Eh. Yeah, I can, I can see why, but I, I still enjoyed seeing Superman go into Hulk rage. That's not something you see. Yeah, true. Um, I also saw, uh, Batman, uh, Dark Knight Returns Part 2, which you wanted to talk about a lot last week, but I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah, what did you think of it? It comes out next week. On video, on physical media, yeah. Right. It's been available right. digitally. Stores. You can buy it in the stores next, next week. I liked it. I, I want that, I'm, I don't want to spoil it, but that ending scene, I want to see more from that ending scene. I totally agree. I want to, <laughs> I want to see a part three, and I know there's not a part three. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to say that's kind of how I've always wanted to see Batman. That I mean, that's the, that's pretty much the the story I've always wanted to see Batman take. You know, be portrayed as, you know, especially going up against, you know, the Joker, and then. Superman and all that stuff, and I'm not gonna spoil it too much for our guests, but um, I it, I think it's amazing, and I mean that's like I said, yeah, it was really good. That's I mean it's just different, you know. It's definitely a different Batman story, and I've got to say the second half was way better than the first half. Yeah, Michael Emerson didn't do a bad job with the Joker. I mean, he, he didn't do as good as a job as I was hoping he would do, but he wasn't terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard when you have, you know, Mark Hamill in your mind always comparing it to. Even when you don't want to compare it to, well, I mean, you're still... When I, when, I, when, I, when I heard that Michael Emerson was, was going to be the Joker, I was like, I think he could play a really good Joker. It was a he much was okay. different Joker than normal. Or than what, uh, than I guess yeah, what I'm especially, seeing. Yeah. Especially at the end of when he's in the movie, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of actual Joker killing people, which yes, he killed what a few hundred people in that studio alone. He, he got a bat- battering in the eye. Ow! Like during that whole last part, he had a battering in his eye. Yeah, <laughs> very very gruesome. I was like, yeah. oh good lord. <laughs> well, I mean he. I, you know, to a madman like that, pain really isn't much of a factor, I would think. It's an enticement. <laughs> I also, also like that he was as surprised as I was when it happened. It's like, he, he, he basically said, you're not pulling any punches. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he, he was excited at the end, you know? I know. Cause that's his, his you know, his entire goal has been that. Yeah, I'm gonna stop because even saying that's gonna be spoiling. We're, we're gonna spoil yeah. it. <laughs> so definitely check that out, people. It comes out yes. next Tuesday on yes. physical media, and it's been out on like Amazon Video and iTunes digitally, so you can definitely check that out. Luckily, I mean that's how I got it. I couldn't wait for it to come out physically. <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not good at being patient. <laughs> it depends for me on what it is. All right. Um uh Deadpool came out issue four of Deadpool came out yesterday. Oh it did? did you have your Dang it. I have not read I that. Take that part. as a no. No, I have not. Totally forgot. Okay. Well, it's out there now. Um did you get a chance to watch Blood Sea? Uh, yes, I did get a chance to watch Blood Sea. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going to spoil the hell out of this now. What did you think of the end? It was kind of very weird and different, but not too different. It, I mean, if we're spoiling it, it was kind of like they kind of took the Truman Show a bit. A little bit, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Like, it took me totally off guard. Like, hold on, the twins are alive. Oh, wait, no, this monster is ripping her in half. And you see everything. I I was ill. Like, that part where the monster was holding that girl by her legs and just pulling. Oh, the wishbone? Yeah, oh, God. I was like, I'm going to throw up. I'm really, going to throw up. Really? You, you felt sick about that? <laughs> I did because I've had dreams like that. Wow. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, first, so, when I saw that, first thing I thought of was, you know, uh, I, I've made a joke to myself about the wishbone thing, you know, like when you, you have a turkey or whatnot pulling the wishbone. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a gory anime. Like most, most anime, you know, when you see somebody's limb gets cut off, you just see like a neon red. Not this one. You see the bone, you see the guts. You see the muscles. I'm like, ooh, I, yeah, yeah. I I was doing the same thing I do when I watch zombie movies. I'm like, ugh, yeah, ugh, don't want to see that. I do have to say the worst thing I think for me was her singing, the way her the song she would sing. Just oh, you got, you don't like the song? Oh, they were irritating. All the different little songs she would sing about walking down the street and. You know, she just had breakfast, and her father said it's not gonna rain, and oh, I was just. Irritating. You're not telling me as as a little kid, you you didn't do that. <laughs> no. Oh, I totally did. I totally did stuff like that. And she's when not I, a little kid. Was, like five. I was like five when I did that, but yeah, she's she was in high school. Yeah. But yeah, definitely was pretty weird, and just I I don't know. I don't know. I'm. Do you think they're gonna make another like? Well, there's a there's a movie. Oh, there is. Okay, because it yeah. kind of left with a kind of cliffhanger ending. It did, and the the movie is supposed to tie it all 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 up. Okay. Very weird anime. Very weird. Yes. As I said when I ended it, I want somebody to explain what I just watched and to hold me and tell me if everything is okay. Yeah, I didn't feel it just that weird weirded out by it, but. <laughs> I, I, I thought though that M Night Shyamalan should should watch that, and that's how you do a twist. Well, I mean, like I said, it's because it well, I mean, it, it, it's a twist you've seen before, but it's you weren't expecting it. Well, yeah, I mean, how many it was a, it was an actual twist? How many? Um, how how many instances of like the, you know, oh, you're it, everything's been faked, and it's been like a TV show type scenario. Has there really been besides like the Truman Show? I can't really think of many. There was another thing kind of like the Truman Show, but the guy was aware of it. I forget what it was. I don't know. 
All I know is I haven't seen anything like that since the Truman Show, personally. So that's the first thing I refer I thought of when I, I when it, that twist came. I was like, oh, that's like the Truman Show. That's a good movie. I want to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was on. It was. It was on on TV not that long ago. Yeah, I immediately also, looked to see if it was on Netflix, and it's not. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> I already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, kind of in, uh, anime, I figured out how to get the Funimation app onto my Kindle Fire. Really? No. And it was definitely not as hard as I thought it would, would be. You know, cause it, it's, it's not an app that's on, um, Amazon app store. On a- Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but it totally should, should be. Well, it looks like it doesn't matter um, anymore. Right, because I, I got I got it, but I really ho- wish it would not drain my battery like it does. Right, is it? Yeah. Oh, it does something bad to my battery. Like I I, I had it plugged into the char- charger and my and my my Kim was dying. Wow, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It does some bad stuff to my battery. So, um, that's really been it for like my personal geek life. Um, on to articles that Jonas can actually part- partake in now. Yay! <laughs> um, you know, with uh, 3D printers kind of becoming more uh, popular these days, um, somebody has actually figured out how to print food, like edible food. That's cool. I think it's kind of cool, too. I'm fascinated by 3D printing. You know, when I first what? Okay, go go finish. Finish. No, 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 no. That, that, I'm just I'm fascinated by them. I mean, I first heard about them a few years ago when a company, what was it, Figure Prints, would print your character uh-huh. from World of Warcraft. Yeah. You know, that's that's when they first came on the scene, and most recently, one was featured in a crime drama where somebody printed their own gun, and the way they found out they printed it was because there was no rifling on the barrel, so they found bullets. That didn't have any grooves on them. And they're like, how is that possible? And they found out some dude printed a gun. So 3D printers are fascinating. I have, I've actually seen a 3D printed fully gun that does shoot. It only shoots about six times before it melts, but it does shoot. And the, the site that was hosting that uh, image quickly took that down because that's a bad thing to have. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, 3D printed food, um, not quite cheap though. Um, a hamburger costs about $300,000. That better be a damn good hamburger. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, that needs to be beyond Kobe beef. That needs to be Wagyu beef from Australia. It needs to be medium rare. The cheese better be imported. Sprinkle some gold be a dust damn on good it. Hamburger. <laughs> good gold on it, yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what they do is they have this, um, bio, uh, what they call bio ink. It says thousands of living cells and they use that to, you know, to print. It's not too much longer until, you know, an uh, actual, you know, a re- rep- replicator that does food comes around. I, I know we have a quote unquote re- replicator is- now. <laughs> Because that's what MakerBox, MakerBot's current printer is called. But uh, 
this kind of scares me, honestly. Because <laughs> I mean, the slight, it's a little scary. The, I mean, a little bit. You can't, just the thought of relying on something like this for your, you know, like the future of this being in every household and relying on it. What if some kind of bug happens? What if some kind of virus happens? And you know, where it mixes a little bit of some kind of poison in with all the dude. You could get a computer computer virus, dude. I mean, <laughs> and the idea of like fake meat being made and I I don't know it's all kind of yeah those those people who are into all organics don't like this I just want real I mean I don't care if it's organic if it's farm raised I, don't, I mean as long as wouldn't this be the uh wouldn't this cause vegetarians to go crazy because it's not real meat so that means all the vegetarians that crave meat can now eat this there, it's there you not, go. It's not real meat. No, they'll still find a way to. So it's a way out for vegetarians. They'll still find a way. To. It's living cells, goddammit. Yeah. Yeah. They need to live. Yeah. We shouldn't ingest them. Really? They'll still find a way to just, you know, complain. About it is. Whatever. This is getting ever so closer, though, to Star Trek replicators. And I think it's freaking awesome. I love technology. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's a 3D printer, so it can print your plate first, then your food. Great. I'm <laughs> still worried. I'm still concerned. There's too many, too many things I'm thinking of that could just go wrong about this. Well, since we're talking about food, it would go through an unbelievable amount of testing from the FDA before this oh, yeah. would ever be, before this would ever be released to the public. Oh yeah, definitely. So that so that something like that doesn't happen, where it doesn't accidentally poison, you know, the maker or you know the the owner. But I mean, think about how this could play into different commercial entities. If you wanted a McDonald's hamburger, you would have to get certain software from McDonald's. Then you tag <laughs> it into your printer, and then it makes a McDonald's hamburger for you. You want a Burger King hamburger? You got to do the same thing. So think how much this could take off with big corporations like that. I'm not you paying think, for oh, fast food. This is going to make fast food chains. <laughs> this is going to make fast food chains just go crazy. No, 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 no. They just hire IT guys and they make the McDonald's hamburger in software, and then you have to pay for it. Now, mind uh, you, guys, guys, I just got the the software update, and there's a new special sauce. <laughs> there you go. How much did the special sauce cost? $4,000. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where they're worrying about pi- about people pirating Big Mac recipes for 3D printing. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I don't want to live in that kind of world. <laughs> you, you see backroom deals. Man, what do you got there? Oh, man, I got the new Big Mac. Dude, you got to try this. <laughs> well, I mean, all, all you do is, like, what, go to piratebay.com and... Just download the, what, is, what is that over there? Oh man, this is the Joe's Crab Shack dad, the, the add-on. <laughs> Dude, let me have a copy! <laughs> Pirated food. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That really is. Uh, I don't know. That, that just, that's a scary world. But if 3D printing is cool for like certain, you know, Oh, I think you see all these specialties. Yeah, it is cool. I really do think it's 3D printing well, in yeah. general. I mean, you know, this, this, your topic was about food, but I mean, the 3D printing in general, you need a specific part for something that's not made anymore. You print the damn thing. That's right. awesome. Yeah. I, 
I agree. It's awesome. Oh, I definitely agree. 3D printing is amazing, but I, I don't know. I just... When it comes to food... I, I like, have looked in, into one. I like freshly cooked food. I like, you know, I like to cook. I like the the whole idea of food actually being, you know, prepared and... Because food, cooking food is well, you more. Can just print print the raw the raw in, in ingredients. Then I mean, food is kind. Of, you know, it's a it, it's it's an art. It's a type of chemistry. It's I mean, it it's become its own thing lately. And I don't know. I just I I don't want to see our society become lazy to where all we do is press a button and out comes a Big Mac. Wait a minute. Our society become lazy. Pray um, to say it's not so. <laughs> um. Okay, lazier. <laughs> Way lazier, but yeah. This, yeah, this definitely, I don't know if we'll ever see this come in our hands for 15, 20 years. I don't know, I could yes, be wrong. Yes. I could be wrong, but. We, we may not, we may not ever see this in our lifetime. And I would be happy with that. <laughs> but, yeah. Alrighty, what else you got, Stuart? Um. I think it was last week on our bonus content that nobody has heard. Um, we got, I got into a little bit on, um, whether or not video games cause violence. And there was a fantastic article that was on Kotaku. It's really long, but it gets into every part of what goes on when, when tech, testing if whether or not video games lead to to violence and why some people say it does and some people are saying it doesn't when they're looking at the same exact study um i I, i'm not gonna really talk about the whole thing because it's i guess it's long um but it, it it um it gets into um like why some people say video games do not cause violence is because the study somehow takes aggression and turns it into a number that they can put into a formula. And say, for example, oh yes, seeing this violent image caused this person to be 2% more aggressive. Um, how can you see somebody who's 2% more aggressive? It's, it's stuff like that. And then it also talks about uh, the people who are funding these, these these studies want to see that there is a correlation. So the numbers and stuff might get fudged to make it look like there is one. Did they – I have a question. I did not read the entire article, so I apologize. That's fine. However, that being said, was this around a specific type of game? Because the first thing that pops to mind – when someone says that video game is violent, the first thing I think of are shooters, even though that's not uh, the only violent games out there. So what was this study centered around? Everything. Okay. It was, you know, uh, Call, uh, Call of Duty was mentioned, World of Warcraft was mentioned, Dirt 2 was was, was mentioned. Um, and it, it even talked about, you know, not even violent video games, but competitive games, you know, might actually call, but is what be causing the, the aggression. So I'll tell you what, playing a game of new, su- new Super, Super Mario Brothers Wii, that can cause some aggression. I was thinking, I'll tell you I that. was thinking of Mario Kart, but yeah, same principle. <laughs> well, that too, Mario Kart, Mario Party, oh, 
some stories about Mario Party. <laughs> See, I think the way that a content is presented also would also can invoke aggression and not like what you think. And may I explain myself? Go ahead. Okay. Let me, let me bring this up. And, and guys, I'm going to apologize to you ahead of time. I'm going to apologize to the listeners. I am not bringing up any specific event. Okay. I'm not. I'm just using this as an example. Someone playing a military shooter game. Let's just say a Call of Duty type game. People will say, that's violent. You're going there. You're killing people. You're, there's blood. There's gore. Okay. All right. Now I'm talking the actual game play. Okay. Don't put, don't put, don't put philosophy in this. Put the emotion. Game play. You're taking a gun. You're shooting people. How is that different from somebody developing a game where you go into a school and shoot people? It isn't. It's what the emotion that it invokes is what causes the violence, I think. And what I mean by that is people would get more upset of the visualization or the interpretation of how it makes them feel that someone developed a video game about going into a school and shooting. And let's say it's a college. Okay, let's say it's a college. Still, it's the, it's the imagery. They wouldn't get violent and go do that. They would get violent at the makers. They'd start protesting. They'd go, what are you doing? Make a game like this? How can you do that? All right. But you're saying it's okay. Why do we not see that same kind of emotion around a Call of Duty type game? Because it's the military? Because we're gung ho for the USA? And again, I'm ex-military. I'm not, I'm not knocking our soldiers. I'm just making a point. Is it because this is a military environment? We're fighting terrorism in a game versus causing it in a game? Is it the emotion that it invokes or is it the actual imagery itself or is it just the violence pixelated on the screen? I really think it has to do with the emotion and the way it's presented because I have no problem. Me personally, I have no problem playing a Call of Duty type game, a uh, Metal Gear Solid, but I would not touch a game that somebody developed where you go into a school and start shooting people. Now, you know, what is the other game that's out there? Crap, I've never played it, but it's the, um, the ones where you run around town. You're in, you're like, you play a mobster and you're in a car. The Grand Theft Auto? Yes. Okay. Take your Grand Theft Auto. I have no desire to play that game whatsoever. None. But I love shooter games. But that, what, that, that imagery that that invokes, the liberties that you're given in that game with what you're allowed to do makes me uneasy. So I can, me, I, can see that. I, I have no problem playing that. Now, a pacifist could say the same thing about, well, excuse me, not even a pacifist, pardon me. Someone could say the same thing about Call of Duty or Metal Gear Solid. You're killing people. What are you doing? But to me, I, it invokes different meanings in me. It has a different emotion to me. I have no problem playing that game. But I do have a problem playing the the um what you just said. I'm sorry. Grand Theft Auto. Grand, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. And same thing. And the only reason I bring up the school is because that was developed somewhere. It was pulled. It was a very very small title, but it was I, I remember reading about this several years ago. It was before all the stuff that's been happening recently in the news media came out. But it was, you know, it, it was um I don't know three or four years ago. But again, I think it's the way that an item is presented and the, dare I say, visceral emotion that it can spawn from someone 
that I think could cause the violence, not direct violence, but like I said, protesting, going to that video game company. What the hell are you doing putting this on the market? But you don't see really people doing that as much on these other type shooter games that are out there. So I think it's the way it's presented. Is it is it the person itself? Yes, there are disturbed people that play video games that blame it on video games. Hell, people have been doing that for years. Blaming deaths on Dungeons Dragons, you know? Well, you know, I thought I had enough hit points. That's why I jumped off the building. Or I hit this person with a mace because I didn't think they were going to be injured. There are disturbed people out there. But in games are just a scapegoat. Does the act of playing a video game cause violence? No. I do not believe that. I think it can indirectly cause conflict and strife between a peoples and their ideals, but I don't think it's to make them Wow, that was an amazing game of Metal Gear. Let me put my controller down, take my own armed, owned AR-15, and go out and shoot a terrorist. No, I, I don't think there's a correlation there. If anything, I would say it's more of a stress reliever. Thank you. When I play these violent video games, it is a release for me. That's exactly. How I take out my, that's how I feel. That's how I take out my emotion. That's how I take out my stress. I can throw my controller across the room, spend 50 bucks and go get another one, and then blame myself later. You can't come back from taking a life. Right. See, well, you, you, you said this, a stress reliever. That was actually mentioned in the article, but it was mentioned way back when, before, like, home con- home co- consoles were a thing, and people were in ar- arcades playing, you know, like, um, uh, more, 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 more combat. People were saying it was a stress reliever, and that was even you know back then it was worrying p- people, you know, because the uh, there was a whole thing that brought up the that the reason the e- ESRB exists. Um, I remember when I first saw Mortal Kombat, the art, the stand-up arcade, and what you could do, and the the um, you know, the finishing moves. The first time I saw that, I was like, "Holy crap!" And the second time, all I wanted to do was be able to do that. Because it visually looked cool. It did not mean I wanted to go out and rip somebody's head off so I could see their spine. Or turn into a dragon and whatever. Yeah, it was visually cool. Uh, Me, this is the geek in me. I was like, holy crap, somebody created that on the screen so that I can enjoy it. Thank you. And the rest of it was it was a stress relief. It did not make me want to go out and hurt people. Right. I I will take you back a couple years to... Call to metal, uh, sorry, Modern Warfare 2. Uh-huh. The no Russian level. That's the one where you go, you go in and you are shooting down an airport. Yep. I remember that. Most people I know did not shoot, shot as little people as possible to get past that level. Yeah, because of the emotions and the imagery that it conveyed. To the yep. normal person, it was abhorrent. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do this. Why am I shooting innocent people? I, I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's I killed as much as I could just to see what would happen. <laughs> just to see what would happen because all the controversy around it. I was just curious. <laughs> okay, now I'm not saying, and I, I think I can speak for almost all gamers out well, there. I all go, after that, I didn't go down to my local airport and with a gun and shoot anybody. I didn't do that. No, so. but there is a point. You create a save point in a game. 
And at some point during your gameplay, you went and murdered everybody in a fictional town just to see what would happen. Exactly. Like, in, you were and you usually they do that all the time. In, I usually in, they're uprising in, in Grand Theft Auto. And they'd kill you very quickly. And then you go back to your save point, and then you play the game through normally. You know, but you just wanted to see what would happen. But you're not thinking, oh man, this is what I really want to do. I want to go through and kill everyone in this game because I think everyone needs to die. Well, most okay, people like that really don't need to be playing video games. But you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's—I really think it's the way it's presented. I think it's the way it's presented to the audience, to the consumer. If it's presented in an intelligent way, somebody is going to say, "Well, I don't care how you present; it, that's wrong." Granted, somebody yeah. is going to complain about everything. Okay. We get it, but a rational, law-abiding person, a, a, a savvy gamer, okay, a, a person that has some social skills, okay, I don't have to say they're an extrovert, but they're not going to play a game. They're not going to want to play a game where the idea is to kill innocent people. It's, it's, it's the way it's presented, I think, is what can evoke the, the violence or the, the, um, the, the, the conflict necessarily. Yeah, and I mean, I can't even think of a game. And I mean, the last game I can think of where you really—I mean, the Grand Theft Auto games really aren't as bad as they—they've been portrayed. Even though I'm not a big fan of—I'm not a big fan of those. But I have played the, the Grand Theft Auto Four, and it—I didn't think it was nearly as bad as everyone portrayed it to be. But the last game I can really think of that you know really. You killing and I mean, what was it? Manhunter, man killer. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, that was like what seven? I think it was six, Manhunter. six years ago, seven years ago. I mean, yeah, I I know exactly what, what you're talking about. And it was on banned. on the Wii. Yeah. Well, was it on the Wii? It wasn't because that that's what was causing all the issue because you were doing the strangling stuff. I know you it was on the PC. The, the I didn't know it was and the Wii on remote Wii. and strangle oh. people. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that caused some problems. Yeah, man, I think it was Manhunter Two. It was, and you were able to do all. And but since then, I haven't seen a game where you've really been able to, except for that, I guess that level in Modern Warfare Two. But I mean, so I, I don't really. I mean, I just think it's just easier to blame something like a video game than to take responsibility on, you know. Are members of our society actually, you know, being crazy? And it's just easier for us to, you know, say, oh, it's a video game's fault. Then, you know, there's some of us who are that crazy. An outside source, exactly. But uh, like I said, invariably, though, you are going to have a disturbed person that plays the video games for the wrong reason. And they will blame it on that. But again, people have been doing that for years. Oh, it's the, it's the heavy metal. It's the devil music. Oh, it's this video game. Oh, it's this board game. Oh, it's, um, I'm a vampire. I'm going to go kill. I'm going to, you know, people have been using different types of media in whatever form for a long time, blaming that for their issues. When the real reason is they're just a disturbed person. Yeah, and maybe they can't rationalize it themselves, so this is how they're justifying it to themselves. Yeah, and I mean, and oh, go ahead. No, 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 that that's it. And I mean, that's, and I think 
the video gaming today, I think it could be interpreted the same way. I have no problem with the ESRB at all. You know, I have kids. Huh? They're not they're not young kids now. They're grown. I sure as hell wouldn't let them play some of the games I'm playing. You no way. And if I would have seen, and again, we take more liberties now. You know, some of the games that are rated M out there now, you couldn't put those on the market 10 years ago, 15 years ago. There's no way you could put those on the market back then in the, in the, in the quantity that we see now. You know, it is yeah. nothing at all to release an M game. My God, it sells like crazy. But try to put that on the market 10, 15 years ago. Oh, hell no. You couldn't do that, but you can now. So, you know, as society, and the acceptance of certain levels of violence has changed. Well, I guess an increasing number of um, blame has been put on that as well. I think it's I think yeah. it's cyclical. So exactly, and it's like I said last week. Um, look at the percentage, though. Look at the percentage of people who actually go out and you know who play these games actually do go out and I guess kill or you know, take a gun and shoot people. It's a fraction of a per- of like a percentage. I mean, look at the millions and millions and millions and millions of people who picked up the latest Call of Duty game. I mean, there's it's a fraction of a percentage. You know, a fraction of one percent of the of that's actually doing something. Even less than that. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. The majority, you know. By the mo- majority, by a lot, are not going out and doing anything crazy. So I don't see where people get the idea of it makes us violent. It's to blame for all this and this and that. When because it's spin by the media, and because they needed to fill a story, and because the bad stories get up front first before the good stories come up front. Yeah, I I I I wholeheartedly agree. The most of the majorities of problems with uh, this country is by the me- media. It's caused by, you know, the 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 fear mongering me- media. Did you hear about that? It's like you know someone talking to somebody else, a producer. Did you hear about that kill that killed his parents? Oh, okay, yeah, we heard about that. Yeah, he blamed it on a video game. He did what? Oh, we got to run with this. Let's go find out. You know why it's juicy? Oh, we got to oh, we got to find out about this. But just a well, it's also person, the a random also person the who committed a murder. Why did he do it? Oh, he just he said his parents were beating him. You know he oh okay now nah, uh, that's not important. But oh my god, he did what? The movie made him do it. The music made him do it. Yeah. He said he said the video game spoke to him and he killed because oh we got to run with this. They take it and they run with it and that's the story that's glorified. And then another yeah. news media picks it up and then it escalates. That's why we hear about it and that's why. We need to ban video games. All this violence. No, it's not all this violence. It's like what you said. It's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent. But you're glorifying the violence. Yeah. I exactly <laughs> totally agree. I mean it's it's just a just a just a way to blame to not really um face with the reality of what's actually going on in our world that people are actually I guess messed up or slash just insane. I mean, that's pretty much it. There's some really, you know, really messed up people out there and there's some fracking lunatics out there. Okay. Let's just say it like it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, just ridiculous, honestly, to, and 
Anyways, that's all I got to say about that. How about some lighter topics? Yes. Let's go, let's go with something lighter now. Mm. Um, there is going to be a Doctor Who quote-unquote special every month this year because this is the 50th anniversary of Do- Doctor Who. And when I say quote-unquote special, I mean they're going to be showing old episodes of, of Doctor Who kind of one, once a month on BBC Amer- America. And by old, you mean Starting like Sunday. Going back to the black and whites. Possibly. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, su- Sunday is, is the first one and it's, it's, it's William Hartnell. It's the first doc- doctor. Wow. And they're gonna go back and go look at every single doc- doctor in, in these. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's kind of a, like, a lame excuse, lame way to say, oh, we're celebrating the 50th. I mean, you know, it's cool, but it's, well, <laughs> it's still kind of like a, you know, Really? Is that that? It's a lame, it's a lame excuse. Be, it's a lame excuse because we're not going to get as much Doctor Who as we thought we would this year. That uh, that's the rumor. Well, now the new season comes back March the thirtieth, I think. Well, the, yes. the second half of the season. Well, yes. Well, no. Yeah, it's yes, season it seven. Is, it's yeah, the new because we just had the Christmas special. It's the so the next season. No, it's the they split up the uh they started the season seven. Later last right. year because of the Olympics. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I beg your pardon. <laughs> I know my Doctor Who. <laughs> but yeah. But you know, an interesting observation that was made by my fiance, as a matter of fact, this last Christmas special, all the other Christmas specials were standalone episodes. They could be taken on their own merit. They really didn't have anything to do with what was going on. This Christmas special directly tied in with the past and the potential future. It was almost like it was another episode. Well, I mean, if you look at the, at the first uh, Christmas special, that directly tied in to that because that was the first ep- uh, ep- episode with David, Ten- David Tennant. That was directly after the change. I forgot about that. I stand corrected. <laughs> but the episode was standalone, though. I mean, it, made, it went straight into when the next season started, you could have dismissed that episode. Yeah, it, well, that's because yeah, it's transitioning, yeah. you know, from right. first this half to second one? half. But this, I mean, now mind you, I don't know how they're going to start this next half of the season, but so far, to me, if you would have missed this Christmas, well, I think you would have missed a lot. Cause I mean, it yeah. really, I think it's really going to tie in. Well, you would have so missed I just thought a that lot. Was yeah. A, a lot. Yeah. I agree with that. Cause there's a lot of, there was a lot of questions that, you know, I had at the end and a lot of other people had at the end of that Christmas special that definitely had you wanting more Doctor Who to explain what the heck just happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but, um, according to basically the, the rumor, rumor. uh, we're G- not going to get, keyword rumor. we're not going to get season eight in any time this year. It's going to finish up season seven and then we're not going to get anything until November which is the um, uh, the fiftieth anniversary, yeah, of Doctor Who. I didn't really. I'm I don't like that. I mean, I understand they had to I, they had to postpone the start of the seventh season because of the Olympics, but I mean, only getting you know half of a season, you know, granted a short, you know, the seasons and, and you know 
Doctor Who seasons are pretty short compared to American television as well. So mm-hmm. only getting like what seven, eight episodes to last us for the this, this, this article is eight. Yeah, that's. I don't like that. I really hope that's a rumor. I was really excited about the you know fiftieth anniversary. You know having. You know, the end of season seven and then possibly, you know, then season eight and maybe a spell, you know, I was really excited about it being a packed full year of Doctor Who. And I think a lot of people, a lot of other people were excited about that as well. Yeah. I mean, the actual 50th anniversary is November 23rd, which is a Saturday. So I'm guessing that is when the 50th anniversary episode will air. So put that on your calendars, November 23rd. That's going to be huge. Yeah. We hope. I just, I don't know. I I just hope the rumor of no season eight at all this year is, I, I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. I hope that at least give us the first half of season eight. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. That, I, I read, uh, I don't know if it was this article or another article, but ever since Stephen Moffat took over, He's been slow. Doctor Who's been pace. slowing down. Yeah, slowing down. Well, not to not to deviate completely, but speaking of speaking, Stephen Moffat, there's not going to be another season of Sherlock until 2014. Yeah, and that and each each season of that is only three episodes. You know, there's only six episodes of Sherlock out there. It's all available on Netflix, by the way. Right, they're what, an hour and a half long instead of. They're an hour yeah. and a half long, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. But because of uh, Martin Freeman's and Benedict Cumberbatch's, both of their shooting schedules, they just cannot get to Sherlock until 2014. And I am very, very sad. I'm upset. Because that is a brilliant, it's a brilliant show. I'm upset about that, but I did see, like, a while ago, like months and months ago, I did see, uh, a quote from Benedict Cumberbatch saying, you know, there's not, you know, all his new movies he's doing and, the wor- the new work they're getting is not gonna affect you know it's it's not gonna affect it's not gonna affect Sherlock they will there will be more Sherlock they will make sure there's more Sherlock so it's just a well, I mean wait 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 for matter of waiting for it and I'm happy about oh, that oh yeah the fact that I just, I just hate waiting that long the fact that he's not just like okay I'm done with this I'm Hollywood now the fact that he's still saying you know we're gonna make sure there's more because you know, this is a great project we like, and we know there's a huge fan base for it, and this is pretty much what got us started. So we don't want to, you know, do anything to, you know, disrespect that. I, I like that. I like the fact that there will be more. So. Well, I mean, how, how long is um, Martin Freeman going to be in New Zealand? Because I mean, they're 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 shooting all all three of those all back three. back to back. Yeah, yeah, they are. Or there they did. I don't know. I don't know if they're well, done. Well, no, they're still. I mean, principal photography for the second one is done because it comes out next year. Right. I think they still have to finish some shooting for the third one. Yeah. So I could be wrong, but I mean, I think yeah, principal I, photography. I, I think they're on, they're on the back end of three. And I think they just have to do some more. So that'll the finish up sometime this year, and then they can start for it to come out sometime in 2014, which works correct. Works perfectly. Yep. Yeah, it's basically holiday of 2012, holiday of 13, holiday of 14. Just like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the first trilogy. So, there's there's that, but I don't know. Awesome. Um I I just I it, it 
And see, that's another example. I want there to be more Doctor Who because there's not going to be any Sherlock till sometime in 2014. So I need something. I need I need something to get my BBC itch. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think there will ever be an episode, maybe related to the 50th, where they could somehow, some way, bring all the remaining people that played Doctor Who together that's in one episode. That's the rumor that, you know, they're... Yes, I thought that, I heard that, that. That is the rumor. I don't know how they'd do it. Well, you know, maybe... The first three Doctors are dead, so they'd have to do it somehow digitally. I mean, with the five Doctors, yeah, when, when they did the five Doctors, they didn't even have Tom Baker. Tom Baker had re- de- declined doing that, so they used, you know, they used... Uh, footage that they had extra footage they had for that right and William Hartnell was really sick so that's why he wasn't physically there yeah didn't they have a he did like stand-in too one of his stand-ins I I don't know if it was a stand-in but I know like he 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 showed up like on screen like on a on a monitor or or something like that, that's how he was. I remember there. reading an article about the rumor of it, all the doctors being on this special somehow and, you know, that the, the first three are dead, so they'd have to somehow do it digitally. And I remember one of the doctors from the five doctors had a stand-in. One of their stand-ins, I guess, played it or something. I, I wish I could see that article, but I've seen so many articles lately about Doctor Who rumors, so it's kind of hard to keep track of all of them. <laughs> But yeah, I I'm I'm excited about that. I hope I hope it's more it you know. And they were talking about maybe it it maybe it, it would be flashbacks of the older doctors or something. But I would definitely like to see more the actual actors come back and do and have more stuff. You know, come back yeah. and new, new you know have them do new stuff and not just like you know the what, what was that episode the. The Matt Smith, the Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat episode where they said, oh, all the doctors, you know, they had David Tennant in the credits and it was just a flashback of him. It was the first one. Yeah. That was a real letdown. I hope it's nothing like that. Oh, that made me mad. <laughs> that really made me mad. But yeah, I'd love to see David Tennant come back and if they can get, you know, Christopher Eccleston, which that may be tough. Considering he left after one season, do you think it takes a special kind of geek to like Doctor Who? I mean, it's um, almost—it's not one of those things. If you've ever visited that, a high school recently, no. But it's not one of those things that everyone gets into. And the reason why I think it's not is the same reason why I think it would never make it in the U.S. on one of our networks. It's too smart. It's too the writing and everything. It's too smart. I think that's why it would not last on a U.S. network. And I think that's why not every – I'm not saying people are dumb. I'm just saying I don't think that's why – I think that's why Whovians are a select group of geek. And that's why and the movie was a like, failure. <laughs> huh? That's why that movie well, was a failure. <laughs> no, that wasn't the only reason. Well, I think that was that <laughs> was a reason, though. Um, not the only, of course. I once – I think it was last last year I wore a Doctor Who shirt – to a high school marching band co- contest, I can't. I can't even count how many high schoolers walked up to me and knew what that was and said and said, said something about, about it. I think it's more pre- prevalent now, but I mean, yes. I, I think it's more. It's almost like it's oh, it's cool now to like Doctor. Well, yeah, it's cool to be a geek now. But it's yeah, well, yes. yes, 
then there are those of us that were geeks before it was cool to be a geek. But I mean, I think Whovian geeks are quite different than, than, than everyone else. Yeah. Because I think there's a level of that, that, you know, we appreciate that intelligence. We appreciate that writing. Um, where some people go, oh, that was kind of cool. I don't get it, but that was kind of cool. Whovians will go, oh, I see what you're trying to yeah, do. Yeah. And we I listen to podcasts about Doctor Who or look up forums and chat with people and we, you know, I'd like to see how many people who are watching, who are new to Doctor Who, you know, I, I, you know, I'm fairly new to it. I started David Tennant, but I've gone back and watched the old Doctor Who stuff. And for the most part, I, I like it. I like a lot of the, now some of the early, early black and white stuff, that's kind of rough, but like the Tom Baker and Peter Davison and that kind of, those Doctor uh, events, I rather enjoy and like them. I've actually been watching Who since the Tom Baker days when it used to broadcast on my local PBS station on Sunday nights. That's where all my British TV used to come from. Long before cable, long before BBC America, you know, my local PBS station would broadcast the British comedies, the British dramas on Sunday nights. And that's where I first learned about Doctor Who during the days of Tom Baker. And I've been watching since then. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of funny. PBS still does that. They, they oh, yeah. still broadcast the, um, you know, cause that's, that's where you can now watch down, uh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. It's on PBS. But I mean, back in the day, that's the only watch. place you could get Good Neighbors and, um, Monty Python and, you know, um, uh, Faulty Towers and the two Ronnies and all those old good, are you being served all those old British comedies from the seventies and eighties? That's the only place you could watch them was, was on PBS on the late Sunday nights. And now, you know, it's hard to find those nowadays, but I mean, now we have BBC America and there's so much good programming coming out from the BBC and they're even producing, you know, I think we talked about that last time, a new show called Copper. That's on BBC America. It's produced by BBC America for the United States. Yeah, and I've I've seen co- Copper. That's hardcore. Yeah. So I mean, That's, you've got um, a lot of these shows that are on the BBC that are now coming to America on BBC America. But now you've got BBC America actually producing shows just for America, and then they're going back and being shown in England, which I think is very cool. It shows how many people thirst for british programming and the fact that doctor who is airing pretty much when it when the new doctor who's it airs pretty much the same day as yeah before you know i remember when it was like what a a week there was a week difference it premiere Mm -hmm. there a week and then here a week later yeah i remember I, i remember that and it's just crazy how it's taken over so yeah Thank you, BBC. Thank you, Stephen Moffat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and thank you, Russell T. Davis, for oh yeah, right, for for, rebooting, for bringing, it bringing it back and starting it all. Because you know, I think without that, without him bringing Doctor Who back, I don't know if we'd have we'd we'd have all that what we have now, or we'd be, you know, we we, we would have been, you know, if I wasn't introduced to Doctor Who, I don't know if I would have ever been introduced to all the other British stuff I would have seen, 
you know, following afterwards, you know, it's kind of yeah. a, you know, domino effect for me. And it's just a alternate, you know, reality that I am just afraid of. Never seeing Doctor Who and Sherlock and all those other British uh, being human and whatever else. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Very scary, but yeah. So I hope more Doctor Who than I hope the rumor of no season eight this year is wrong. Me too. Because I always want more Doctor Who. <laughs> but anyway, is that it, Stuart? That is all I have. After an hour, that is all I have. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Um, I guess the biggest announcement that happened today, arguably, in the geek world. Oh my god, 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 I can't wait. J.J. Abrams <laughs> is going to direct Star Wars Episode Seven. I'm kinda... This means he has both franchises in his hand. He is a geek god. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just seven. They haven't said if he's going to do eight or whatnot. But still. Right. And the fact that they were trying to get Ben Affleck, too, that's just scary. Eee, that's the direct. horrifying. Yeah. There's only one of two other directors I would like to have seen direct episode seven. Joss Whedon or Steven Spielberg. Yes. Mm, yeah. Okay. Joss Whedon's busy, though, with Marvel, and I'm happy with that. So. Well, so am I. Yeah. I think this news is awesome, and the jokes are already flying out there. I've seen. Oh, you know that lens flare you saw in Star Trek? Yeah, that was actually the lightsaber battles off screen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw one about it being two uh, Tatooine's two sons or something like that. I, I, I saw a bunch of different jokes. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I'm just. It, it's just, it's a lot for him to, it, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little worried. You know, I'm excited, but I'm a little worried because that's a lot you for know one what? person to handle. I think no matter who they would have gotten, we, we would be, be, be worried no matter what. Well, that's the thing. I was always, I was worried on who are they going to get because it, you know, all the obvious choices, they're busy with, they're so busy with all kinds of other stuff. So it's just like, well, it's, if they got a unknown, director yeah, that we would be terrified exactly. yes and if you know you know they got a known director and we're worried so yeah um i read some, something the other day you know like what are the problems that are going to come up with the new stars star wars and that was one of them was the was no matter who they get to direct we're going to have a, a problem with it the biggest problem is what they're going to do with it. In other words, are they going to pick this right up? Are they actually going to try to get the original actors to come back and make us believe that they can still pull off these roles? Didn't they? Haven't they or confirmed? They go with, that... Or if they go with other people, are we going to suspend, be able to suspend disbelief and think that, oh, okay, here's new actors, but they're playing these same characters? Or, you know, they can't do – what are the very famous books that were written? Um very famous books that are canon that were supposed to take place five years after episode six. They were award winning books. A lot of books are considered canon. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have spoken if unless I knew what I was talking about. There were three particular books that were written. These were award winning books. Three particular books that were written that took all of the people from episode four, five, and six and advanced them five years later. It was after the Death Star was gone, the Empire had fallen, 
and you see the birth of Han's two kids, Han and Leia's two kids, and you see the introduction of Mara Jade, okay, Luke gets married, these three books spawned almost everything else after that. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, is it going to be this? Is it going to be those? Is yeah. that what they're interpreting? Well, it can't be five years later. And again, I mean, <laughs> no, no, it can't. So they, no. can, so again, they would take liberties. But again, can those same actors pull these roles off? Do they want to? I think they've. I I think I've saw something where the big three are are pretty much in for it. I don't know how big of a role, but I think I've I saw something that said that quite a bit ago, like a few months ago. There's been a lot of talks and stuff, but I, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I I don't know what they're going to do. I'm just excited that there will be more more in the Star Wars universe and um the I mean we got this and then there was also the Zack Snyder is going to be doing a Star Wars movie that's not going to be part of the new trilogy. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yes. Mm. Which I a Boba Fett movie. No, but it, I, I would love to see that, but I think it's going to be some kind of samurai type movie I remember seeing. Oh, I remember, yeah. That was, yeah, uh, they've denied that. that that's not going to happen. Oh, have they? I haven't no, seen anything from that. Yes, yes, they, they, they have come out and said that's okay. not true. Okay, I remember seeing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I, I remember, I remember. That was going to happen, but yeah. I haven't seen anything saying that was denied, okay. But I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach, Zach says that's not true. I'm not doing anything. And I know well, that J.J. Um, Abrams are- originally <laughs> said he wasn't going to be doing anything either. So, <laughs> if the they do to this tomorrow, are going to be hitting Wikipedia and kicking my butt. So let me correct myself. I'm talking about the Thrawn trilogy, written by Timothy okay. Zahn, Hugo Award winner. It was. Five years after the events depicted it in episode six, and it was Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command, 1991, 92, and 93, respectively. Those were the books to which I was referring. And even Lucas that's the one... said, yes, this is canon. Wait, that, the that's books. the one where they drop a planet on Chewbacca. I think so. What? <laughs> but I'm, what? This is, um, this is when yeah, you that's see... How, that's, how, that's how Chewbacca dies. They drop a planet on him. But those are the books to which I'm referring. So everyone that's yelling at me on the podcast right now, calm down. I found the information. I'm sorry I didn't have it in my fr- in front of me. Yeah, all two of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> see, well, what what I want to see actually, is actually the legacy of the four stuff, which is their their kids are older and the Sith is starting starting to cut to come back. As in, they're saying like the Emperor, he was a fucking joke. That he wasn't a Sith at all. You know, he 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 was just a tyrant. He wasn't he wasn't Sith. That's probably what it might be end up being. I mean, I really think you know, Liu Khan and Le- Leia. I think they won't. They'll be. I think they'll be in the first one to transition the newer characters, like their children or whatnot. I'm just a speculation, of course, mm-hmm. but I think. They'll slowly start to not be, be as big a roles in the others, and I think it, it'll just you know they'll just be there to transition in a new generation, possibly. Because I mean I've I've seen and heard Mark Hamill said he really doesn't want to do too much of going back to that role, so I can't see possibly see him being in a lot of these movies, you know. So I I don't know. 
But I, I, as I understand your reservations, I do because this is, you know, it's a lot of responsibility on one person. It, it made me nervous with Star yeah. Trek. Okay, I knew that when the last film, okay, Nemesis came out, I knew that was pretty much the end of that saga. Okay, these are yeah. characters I grew up with. Yes, I've accepted it's pretty much over. And then I heard that J.J. Abrams was rebooting it, basically. And I normally hate reboots. I really, really do. Yeah, but that first so one was I was, amazing. I, I, I had reservations. I saw the trailer. Okay? Um, yeah. Started getting, if I may be so bold, a little geek stiffy. <laughs> and then I saw the movie. And all my reservations went away. All of them. Even though he took his own liberty... Did the whole time travel thing, which was brilliant writing, because now he can do whatever the hell he wants to with the franchise, because it's not the same timeline. But that aside, the way he cast it, the way it was done, I loved this, his Star Trek movie. And I'm so looking forward to this next uh, one. Agreed. So with that in mind, and what I know he's capable of, I'm extreme, extremely hopeful for episode 7. Extremely hopeful. Yeah. Because let's be honest, anything is better than letting Lucas direct them. The man yes. can write. The man can write. Except and I for did love not scenes. think episode one, two, and three were horrible. I did not think they were horrible. But I'm sorry, he can't direct. Let no. somebody else direct. Go ahead and write them. So anything has got to be better than what we got. Yeah, one of the biggest jokes I did see that I remember is that it's going to be uh, alternate reality, and the prequels are going to be different. It's going to be going back to the prequels, but it's going to be an alternate reality where they're actually good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> oh. Wow. This was, this was actually just tweet-tweeted while, I, while we were just talking. J.J. Abrams is actually Jar Jar. <laughs> Misa going to give you a new movie. <laughs> oh, his name is actually his Mr. name Mike is actually Jar Jar. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry, but right now I'm digging Clone Wars. I still need to see that. It's I've seen freaking, a, I've seen a couple what? episodes. It was it's okay. not on instant stream. You got to get the discs. But I mean, I've been watching the Clone Wars, and you know what? As it's progressed, it's gotten grittier. Um, the characters have evolved. In other words, you literally see them growing up. You see them changing. You see what the war is doing to them. It's damn good. It really is. Oh, I've heard nothing but good things from it. Yeah, that's another thing I gotta yeah. take a look at. But man, I I, I don't know. Just I, I'm excited. I am excited about this new Star Wars. I'm just. You know, as excited as I am, I I love it and I want it to be good. So there's still a little part of me that's still gonna, you know, hold back a little so I don't get my hopes up too much. You know, that's that's all that I'm trying to do is I don't want to hype myself up too much. <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, George because Lucas not having a part of it, I'm thrilled. It's the best thing that could happen. Anytime something like that happens, when it's something on which you've grown up, you don't want somebody fracking with it. It's like, look, you, you almost feel ownership. Look, this is my franchise. This is what I grew up on. This is my childhood. Don't screw with it. I'm going to give you liberties. 
but don't mess it up. Yeah, and they, they, they've they already done that with the prequels, which, yeah. I mean, yeah, you feel ownership on something like that, on, on something mm-hmm. that you've grown up with. When anybody new takes it, you're like, oh, what are you doing? Please be careful. What are you doing? And you, of course you feel reservations. Yeah, but I mean, it can't be worse than the last, you know, than the prequels. That's the, you know, that's the, that's the best positive thing I can say about this. With a name like J.J. Abrams, no, it cannot be worse. With a name like you, Bowl, of course. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> if you, Bowl, were to direct it, wow. I never would have thought about that. Wow. Wow. You go. Go to sleep with that one too. I have not I heard. To say, I'm going to be up all night thinking about Uwe Boll's <laughs> version of Star Wars now. Hey. Don't you oh. love inviting me on? <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, you know, J.J. Abrams and the fact that Lucas will not be part of it really, it, it's a big thing. Well, at all, he, his his right hand woman or uh, uh, the Kathleen the woman that had basically whatever. been running the company has taken it over and is still running it with Disney. So that's what gives me hope for, you know, not to deviate, but the fact that Lucas is now Disney, Lucasfilm and all that is now Disney. The fact that his the person that was basically running the company already is going with the company to Disney and will continue to run it, that's what gives me hope for this whole transition. So regardless of the director they got, just the name Star Wars and that franchise going forward, I have a lot of hope for it, considering the same people are still involved. They just moved with the company to Disney. If they would have given it over to all brand new people and basically packaged it up, put it in a box put Mickey ears on it and said, here, this is yours, I would be terrified. But considering yeah. there is still a modicum, a modicum of control from the people that worked with Lucas, and now they have it, I feel okay. I totally agree. So I don't think we can really touch on this more than we already have. Well, I'm sure we can, but <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more we can actually go in on this, but, you know... We only have so much time. Um, a couple rumors about the the DC side of movie, you know, movies coming out. Um, there's been a rumor that from supposedly a reliable store side, I don't know. This conflicts with another rumor I have, so I don't know. Um, that they've narrowed the Justice League down to Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, and Green Lantern. That's it. This is I've also seen this movie. somewhere else. I've seen this like so. tons of places today. So this yes. this this would be a live action yes. movie. Yes. I mean they, they've it's coming out twenty fifteen. It's gonna. I'm out of the loop on some DC. It's gonna stuff. compete with I the Avengers too. Close so twenty fifteen. But here's the question: Would they use some of the same people? So this act. That is about to play. They Superman would use him in the movie. I think they would. Out. Yes, going to use him. him. Are they going to use um, the same gentleman? Good grief! I can't think of the actor's name. He's done Marvel and DC. The same Ryan gentleman Reynolds. that was just in Lantern, Ryan Reynolds. Will they use him for Green Lantern again? I do not know. I, as long as there's continuity, I'd be cool with it because I know what the Justice League is. But I've been out of the loop on this movie talk. Yeah. So as long as they had that continuity, it didn't grab five new people. It would work and be believable, like 
what they did with the Avengers. Yeah. If they grab five random people, that would be That's horrible. the big thing is they've announced it's coming out in 2015. Same year as Avengers 2. So there's not a lot of time for, you know, I don't think they're going to have any, you know, like a Flash movie or Wonder Woman movie or another Green Lantern or anything like that before then. So pretty much this Superman and that's it. I mean, they may have Ryan Reynolds come back for Green Lantern, which I would really want because I thought he was a good Green Lantern just in a bad movie. Thank I think you. He, I have, that's, that's I have exactly, heard that. That's exactly what I thought. I have heard that 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 the the Green Lantern in this movie is going to be based on his Green Green Lantern. Whether it's him, don't know. I hope so, because I liked his acting. How about they give him a new suit? Yeah, yeah. Because um, that suit they had in the movie was I don't want I don't want to see that. Yeah, I I agree. Um, <laughs> you know, Batman. Of course, they're not gonna. There's been tons of rumors of is it gonna be. Spoilers, is it gonna be, um, Joseph Gordon Levitt's, you know, at the end of Dark Knight Rises? Is it gonna be ah. him? And there's been a lot of him denying and them denying and, um, the, the thing that kind of worries me is Christopher Nolan's been the only one who hasn't denied it straight up. That kind of worries me. But, um, I, I just, I couldn't see that happening. That would just be terrible if that was it. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they have coming out. I mean, I could definitely see if they stick with, you know, like the Green Lantern and the Superman and they do, you know, a new Batman because Batman, the one now is done and Flash and Wonder Woman and all that. And then they do a reverse of what Marvel did where after the team up movie, they do, they break down to the individual movies. I've always said that's what I can maybe see them doing, possibly. Yes, and that is what I think they are going to do. Um, who, was, who was the fifth I'm, person? You said Batman may not be in it, so it was Superman, well, Wonder well, this Woman, rumor, Flash, Green Lantern. It, this rumor says it's going to be Batman, yeah. Okay, but wasn't Aquaman part of the original Justice League? I was going to I was going to say that. Um, I'm glad he's not going to be in, well, this, in is a, this because this is a rumor. Aquaman's a joke. Yeah. He's a joke, and DC, as no matter what they do, cannot turn that around. They have tried. Yeah. And they can't, they just have not been able to do it. This is, so I think it's a smart move for him not to be in it, if the, if this is true. Yeah. The, the thing that upsets me is I want to see Martian Manhunter, John Jones. I was thinking I that wanna, same thing I like too. Him. I want to see I that. I want to see him in this, but, you know, that's what this rumor says, you know, and, you know, they've also said, it also says, you know, having Martian Manhunter would be, might be, you know, good since apparently Darkseid's gonna be the villain. The big rumor is that he's gonna be the big villain, which makes I, sense. I would also like to see Cy- uh, Cyclops as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, the other rumor, which, kind of conflicts with this is that there will not be we will not see batman in a film till 2017 that is a rumor on another site um i guess uh what is it batman on film.com is reporting that that we will not can i throw out a hot sports opinion oh go ahead hot sports opinion coming right at you batman is a sports podcast no i know i'm sorry a hot geek opinion (laughs) 
<laughs> since Nolan's Batman, Batman does not need to appear on film ever again. Here's the caveat. I have no problem with Joseph Gordon-Levitt continuing, but not as Batman. He needs to stand on his own as Nightwing or something like that. Yeah, my, the, the only problem I have yeah. with him being... Like, There's so much speculation that, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to be the new Batman. Because No, he doesn't need to be Batman. He needs to come out as his own hero. Yeah. He needs to come, whether it's not Nightwing, whether they want to call it, not frickin' Robin. Okay, I'm sorry. No, not Robin. But whether it's Nightwing or something else, I, 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 this is hard for me to say because I'm not a big DC follower, but I've been a huge fan of Batman. Batman Everyone's a fan of Batman. Does not Everyone be rebooted. Is. Batman does not need to be on film again. I think that's a little strong. There's different iterations yeah. of Batman I'd like to see. Okay, this Batman. I'm not talking a future Batman or something. I'm talking about this Nolan's Batman. If Nolan has his name. Oh, on you mean it, like Christian Bale? Batman, Nolan, Chris. Yeah, okay. I yeah, understand. or even Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yes, yes, I agree. That does not need to be yes, on the film. Yes, I agree. Again. Yes, but I don't even. I don't know. So much interpretation, you know. I, I, I think I'm. Oh, I think I'm proper in saying since the Nolan trilogy, people only look at that as that's their Batman fix. Well, you can go back and watch. Batman. Yeah, you can go back and. And watch the. Uh, I'm talking yeah, for live yeah, action. I agree. You can go back, not anime. I'm not, or excuse me, animated shows. I'm not talking okay, about any yeah. of that stuff. <laughs> but you can go back and watch, you know, the original Batman movie, okay, that Tim Burton did. It's still you want to. One, it no, it's still but wonderful. It's it's, yeah, second, it's good. It's it's still good. The second one was pretty good too. Throw everything else away. Throw Absolutely everything agree. else yeah. away. But. Now that Nolan has released his trilogy and he's created this new genre, this new ideal, I don't, it, it's going to be hard for me as a fan to look anything past that. To me, that is Batman. Yeah. So if I, somebody else try to interpret this, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, it doesn't need to be done. It's kind of how, well, anyway, I'm not going to go off on another tangent, but, I think it needs to be left alone for quite a while. Yeah, and the way I see it is you can't have Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character being Batman for the Justice League because pretty much at the end of that movie, you know, spoilers people, he was left with some Batman gear and stuff like that. He wasn't left with Bruce Wayne's money or anything like that. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's like what happens when he runs out of all his gear? He can't afford to get more of that yeah. stuff. I mean, it, uh, so, and, you know, the big thing about the Justice League was Bruce Wayne funded a lot of stuff for the Justice League. That was just like Tony Stark funded a lot for S.H.I.E.L.D. In the Avengers, yeah, all that stuff, right. yeah. And, Exa- yeah, for the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, they used a lot of his technology, yeah. So that's a big problem well, I have with, you know, Joseph Gordon, Gordon Levitt's quote, Batman. You know, being in the Justice League is the fact that you gotta have, you you have to have a Bruce Wayne being in. You have to have a, you know, Bruce Wayne Batman being part of the Justice League. You can't have some other Batman. I mean, it has to be Bruce Wayne. What, what we have yet to see on film is a good representation of Batman. We've seen some good Bruce Waynes, but nobody really agrees who's a good Batman. There's been good Batman movies, but not the character himself. I can see that. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And with with with, it, with the Justice League, I, I, I you don't even need I, to kind of counter, counter you, William. You don't need Bruce Wayne Ball. You just need Batman. Well, I mean, you would need the Bruce Wayne Batman because he'd be the one. Fun, he'd ha- it's his money funding all that stuff. Well, no, but that's I, what I'm I saying. Think I know it. I mean, you don't need the you don't need to see yeah, Bruce Wayne but, though. It's implied yes, that if yes. Batman's there, there's Bruce, and there's where the yeah, money's that's coming what I from. Mean. Batman can just yeah. Because I mean, Joseph Gordon Gordon Levitt, he what he he's at the end of that movie, he was unemployed. He quit the force, so he's pretty much he was, yeah, wasn't he's, he? he's unemployed, so he can't be funding you know what Watchtower or any of that stuff. I mean, <laughs> and pretty much his his secret no. fort is underneath a an orphanage, as well. So, <laughs> I mean, there, 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 there's a lot of problems with that ending. With that, I think. Let's face it, the Justice League is going to get secret funding from the Wonder Twins. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Wow. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, this would contradict that one rumor of, you know, if we, you don't see Bruce Wayne, Batman, or whatever appearing till 2017, and the Justice League movie comes out 2015, you know, that contradicts with Batman being one of the, Main being one of the five Justice League, so I, and this all came out like the same day, so I'm just maybe you don't you don't even see Batman. He's just a presence that makes himself known through technology somehow, like a phone call. Yeah, I'm Batman. I, (laughs) I don't know. I. I don't know. All it really is, though, it's DC trying to catch up. Yeah, and that's what worries me. Since the yeah, very that's beginning, what it is. Since the very beginning of hearing about them doing a Justice League movie, I thought, well, well, do it proper. You don't need to put it out the same year as the Avengers too. In fact, it would probably you probably do better if you didn't put it out. If you put it out like the year after, or you know something like that. I'm. I d- go ahead. I don't. I don't think the Justice League movie would do as well if they did exactly what what Marvel did. What would be movie building up to the event to uh sorry the Justice League? I I think no, that's that would, would be bad for. I'm not saying necessarily that. I'm just saying give yourself more time to don't rush this because it seems like you know it, it seems like this is all real sudden. I mean them. All of a sudden, you know, 2012 saying, oh, in three years, we're going to have a Justice League movie come out. Oh, okay. That, I mean, that, doesn't that seem... Well, I don't know. I mean, no one else, they haven't talked about any other movies. There's no other sequels being planned or anything like that. And um, Man of Steel, done. I mean, it's going to be released. Henry Cavill is not doing anything. I mean, they could easily grab him to play Superman. They could easily grab Ryan Reynolds. I mean, if they're not, if they haven't talked about anything else, if they're not trying to copy what Marvel did, and they're saying in three years we're going to have a, I could see them doing that. I mean, I could see them pulling it off, and it not being rushed, it being proper. But I mean, they, yeah, yeah, I guess. I just uh, go ahead, Stuart. I think if they did try to rush sequels. Oh, we're gonna release a. We're gonna release a. The you know the failed Wonder Woman we tried to do three times and then TV dropped it too. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and do that. And we're gonna give you another Green Lantern. Oh, we're gonna throw in something else. And guess what? We're gonna give you Justice League in 2015. No, if they tried to do that, people would see through that and they go, "Wait a second! Didn't Marvel just do this very successfully? Didn't Marvel just do this? 
What are you trying to well, pull over on us? So I think what, what they're doing here, it could work. What we don't hear about is actually how long a Justice League script was out there. True. Because that, I mean, the Justice League script could have been out there for years. And rewritten and, sometimes over. Right. You know, so this necessarily may not be rushed. It's just them doing at them at, you know, they're not taking it slow, but they're not in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, do they, have they even announced a director though? It may be even too far out for that. I mean, that, that's the, yeah, I think it is. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised we're hearing about a Star Wars director this, this I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's supposed to come out the same year as this, and we know the director of that. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm surprised that we hear about it. Supposedly, this, you know, we've we've known about the Justice League movie well before we knew about the Star Wars Episode Seven. I mean, the Justice League movie was announced well before the whole Disney, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, all that happened. So, I don't know. I'm just there's a lot. There's not really a set. You know, set schedule for when you announce a movie, you have to announce the director. Well, yeah, by this I'm just time. saying. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot that needs to be done, and we just don't. I mean, should, maybe they. Yeah, maybe they can pull it off. But from what from what we, we know, we don't, we don't know what's exactly been done already. From what we know, you know, I'm. It just worries me. From what we know, according to IMDb, the only thing that's out there for the 2015 Justice League is the writer, and that's Will Beale. Yeah. And his repertoire includes several episodes of the TV series Castle. He's written 21 episodes. He has written the movie Gangster Squad that's out Good right movie. now. There is a new Logan run that is being announced and another Lethal Weapon that's being announced and then Justice League. Yeah. That is his repertoire according to IMDb. There is nothing else listed for Justice well, League. Well, it's going to be produced by um, Christopher Nolan. There's that. That's that's been known. But okay, I was unaware of yes. that. That gives a yes, lot of. He, he that said gives he, a lot of but you know, it, power behind it, that. how much is he going to really help out, or is it just going to be his name on the credits? Basically, how you know, we don't know. That's the problem there. But yeah, I I don't know. I who I don't know who would who I would want to be the director for this. I can't really think of really. Anybody, nobody specific really comes to mind that isn't already busy with something else. Hmm. You know, Joss Whedon, of course, is busy. You know, J.J. Abrams, he's now busy. (laughs) J.J. busy now. (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know, but it's interesting how these two... Michael Bay! Oh, wait, no. Oh, Oh, God, God, no. Wait, you bull! Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. You give the bull's worse, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyways, yeah, but I just thought it was interesting how these two rumors have both come out and, you know, I've seen these two rumors on a bunch of different sites, not just, you know, the ones I have on the, in the link, but I've seen them on a bunch of different sites and they all made, they all, everyone's all made it seem like, oh, well, th- yeah, this seems like it's going to be true. But well, no, they both contradict each other. Not, they both can't be true. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, they're rumors. All I know is 2015 so. is going to be a crazy year for movies. Yes, there it are is. a lot. Basically, this year, next year, and 2015, there's it's going to be nonstop movie, movies, movies, movies. 
coming out, big, big movies. So that that definitely pleases me. I'm definitely happy about that. But yeah, I just I'm I guess the first thing we got to do is just see how Man of Steel is. That'll be the first real, you know, litmus, yeah. litmus test for um seeing how the Justice League could be. Because if the Man of Steel sucks, then yeah, uh, that's hopefully it doesn't though. From what I've seen, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward. To it. I've heard good good things. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it from the, based on the trailer that I've seen of it. But yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, I, the only thing that I, I guess have watched that we haven't talked about really is, well, we talked off show, but, uh, Arrow. I'm loving that. Yeah. Great show. Just fantastic. Uh, really good if if i mean if there's there's something done right and kind of kind of you know i'm kind of hesitant but kind of looking forward to the you know a, a, supposedly there's supposed to be a wonder woman show coming on the cw yeah whether or not that'll actually yeah. happen now <laughs> how many times have you heard about uh, something wonder woman come yeah, but you know, Arrow's been good, and I love Smallville. So, CW definitely is a good place for. So far, they've have a track record of de- having good DC shows. So, who? Knows? Well, they it is Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, true. So, anyways, um, yeah, that's about it, I guess. Unless anyone has anything else, we can go into shoutouts. Um, I guess. Uh, Jonas, as our guest, shout out. Um, you know what? Shout out to you guys for having me back on. Thank you very much. And, um, she won't be listening to it, but I am going to play Kate. Shout out to my fiance. Yes, I <laughs> use that word because I'm getting married this year. So. Congratulations. Thank you. October 20th, we're getting married. We've only been together eight years. So. <laughs> We figured it's time. Jumping in a little too soon, aren't aren't you? <laughs> Russian. Yeah, I know. You know, I just had to make sure. But no, shout out to uh, shout out to my fiance Danielle. Thank you for putting up with my crap. Alrighty, uh, Stuart. Uh, shout out to our guests. You know, again, this was fun. You know, we'd be glad to have you back back on. Yay. Um. Also, shout out to the people at the toy headquarters. Also known as THQ, you know, these some people who have been following that know what happened there, and uh, hopefully those people find jobs. Yeah, so, definitely. So shout out to them. Alrighty, yeah, I had the whole THQ thing as a topic, and then I decided to. I was ready to talk about it too. because there were so many other topics on the list, and I didn't want this being a, you know four hour long show if I had all the topics I actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> you got sometimes you gotta just, you know, prioritize. Unfortunately. Next week maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But um yeah, def definitely shout outs to those people. Some of them keeping their jobs, some of them sadly are losing their jobs. Um yeah. so hopefully hopefully more companies pick up more of their properties so there are less jobs lost. But um, definitely shout outs to Jonas for coming on again. It was tons of fun. Definitely. 
We'll have to have you back on a lot sooner than it took to have you on again. So, uh, Well, that's very kind of you to say, gentlemen. Thank you. I did enjoy coming on here. And that also, if you want to be, if you're listening now and you want to be a guest on the show, you, it's easy. Just go to thegeeksftw.com and click our guest host application and you're easily able to, you know, just fill out a couple stuff telling us who you are, how to contact you basically, and you can easily be on that way. Um, also we are, um, we are, you know, looking to host a couple other podcasts. So if you're ever been interested in starting your own, we have the available space on our servers to do so and help you out. And so you don't, you don't have to pay the hosting costs. And also we get a little more out of our, you know, we get a little more bang for our buck since we are paying for hosting ourselves. So definitely. Uh, hit us up about that if you're interested in starting your own podcast. We're here to help, and we have the space to host it as well. And That's very cool. Yeah, we actually have space for to host two podcasts, two more podcasts on the site. So that's awesome. We'll talk off. <laughs> possibly, um, possibly one then, people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and. Also, shout-outs to the Open Forum Radio guys over there. Uh, yeah, I was on, I think I mentioned it last week, but I was on the the last week's episode. Definitely fun hanging out with those guys. I'm hoping to be on Prove Your Point soon. Hope, I'm trying to get that all figured out. Um, but, uh, and also, we got to mention, uh, we're going to be doing our iPhone and Android app, it's gonna be changing. We're gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm working on a new one that'll be free and it's gonna have a lot more stuff to it. And so, I, I hate to say this, but do not buy the current one that's out right now. <laughs> God, how long have we been telling people to buy that one? Yeah, well, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's just that it's been a pain for people to get to because it's not, it's only been located inside a, you know, the podcast box app in the, you know, iOS app store. So it's, it's within an app that you have to, so you have right. to download an app just to get to download our app. And then it's the Amazon app store, which you have to download an app to get our app. So it's just been a hassle and we haven't been able to do as much with the app as we wanted to. There hasn't been, you know, it, we haven't really had much say in it at all. So looking forward to coming out with a new one fairly soon. I've got a lot, I've, I've got a lot of it worked on and we're already, you know, started. So hopefully within the next probably month we'll have it out. So, and the best thing is it'll be free. So no one will have to pay for it. Free, free is good. It's free. The best number. The best number ever. For you. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess this has been episode 127 of the Geeks for the Win podcast, and we will see you next week. See ya! Bye!